0: Hey guys, thanks for swinging by our podcast today. We hope this message leaves you encouraged and filled with hope and that Christ in His goodness is meeting your every need. So here's, here's where we are, is yes, the Lord's been talking to us about faith, and I said, I feel the Lord. It's funny because I've just been preaching on it, it doesn't matter if you feel them or not, but when you feel them, it's really good. And, but whether I felt him or not, it, 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 let me say it like this, it doesn't matter because it doesn't change the truth of his word. Yeah. Right. So, so, so when I get the goosebumps, I'm like, praise the Lord. <laughs> you know? Or when I feel like he's in the room and, and feel him on the back of my neck and I'm like, oh, the Lord's about to do something in this space, I praise God for those moments. But whether I feel that or not will not dictate what I believe. What I'm going to believe is what He says. Because it's 2 Corinthians 5.7, it's, it's, it's we walk by faith, or 5.17, we walk by faith, not by sight. We go about our day-to-day life by faith, okay, not by what I see and not necessarily by what I experience. And I told you before, I, I went through that season of my life, I went through that season in my life about a year and a half ago where, and I'm a real touchy-feely guy, and and. And so, so we're in a service, like, I'll be on, like I, I depend on feeling a lot, depend on my senses a lot. And sometimes I'm like, the Lord, and it sounds weird, but sometimes I know the Lord's about to move because I can smell the Lord. And I don't know if that makes sense, but it's like I smell incense. I'm like, it's about to bust loose in this place. And, 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 and for another reason, or so I feel them on the back of my neck, or when we walked into this space, and I heard the guys all practicing this morning. Like I felt the Lord on the back of my neck. I'm like, the Lord's gonna move, no matter who's here, the Lord's gonna move this morning. And so I felt it. But whether he did that or not, again, but a year and a half ago, he took that away. And so I'd pray for people in public, and like I'm like, I don't feel nothing. But I really found out if I believe what I actually believe. (laughs) Sometimes I'll pray for someone and I'm like, oh, he's here because I I just know he's I just know he's in that. But what if he takes that away? And so then it's like, I still believe because this is what his word says. And so this is what uh, it really felt like the Lord wanted us to get down. Because he, here's the deal. What, what do we do? What do we do when we're not necessarily in this, let's just say like this, when we're not necessarily in this church? And what do we do when we're not in this atmosphere? By the way, I think we can live in this atmosphere 24-7. But but what do we do what do we do what do we do if we got a bad phone call at 2 a.m. right and you feel downtrodden right or what do you do when you're like I don't know if the Lord's here what do you do if you find yourself in an environment where you know is pure evil and you're like I just don't know if God's going to do anything it doesn't matter what you feel it's what his word says and so that's why I feel like we need to begin to equip ourselves or need to begin to equip our people in is that it? It's feelings are wonderful. They're gifts from the Lord. However, when they're not there, it does not change the truth of his word, okay? It's, 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 so we just want to learn about faith. In Hebrews 11, one, again, it says this, now faith, now faith is the assurance of things hoped for and the conviction of things not seen. Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for and the convictions of unseen. Now I'll be honest, like the, there are some scholars that aren't sure if there should be a comma here or not. So we don't know if it means now faith, like right now in this moment, okay, is the assurance of things hoped for or the convictions of things unseen, or if it's saying in light of everything that was just said, now faith. I really think it's probably both, and, and, and I can't prove it, it really doesn't matter, and I don't really care what anyone says. I think it's now faith, and because we need faith right now, because if, if you don't have faith right now, when you need faith, you're going to need it. <laughs> if, if, if you don't have faith, when something comes up against you, you're going to be finding, lacking, wanting, and you're going to be just a, a puddle of mess in the corner of the room laying in the fetal position, crying, wishing that you had it in that moment, Right. And so it's like, I want it right now, but I also know in light of everything, now faith. So now faith, faith, faith is what can be believed, what, what can be believed, and it's a state of certainty. And so faith, faith is certainty. Faith isn't wishy-washiness, and faith isn't just like good thinking, right? Or, or, or like, I said hopeful, we should be hope-filled, but I'm not saying like, oh, I hope this happens. No, faith is the certainty, that it's going to happen, right? It's the assurance. And assurance is substance. It's, it's actually, it's like you can't see faith, but faith is the assurance. It's a substance. It's actually something that you can touch because it comes so real in your life. But faith is the essence, the confidence. And, and, and actually, you could translate this as, as, faith is the foundation in which you build your life upon. And so that's why we say we want to go an inch wide and a mile deep. Why? So that nothing can topple it over. It's like when you're going to build like a taller building and I'm not an engineer, I'm not mechanically inclined, but I am smart enough to know that the taller you want to build something, the deeper the foundation needs to be. And so why? So it doesn't topple over. And so we want to get an inch wide and a mile deep. We want to dig this thing deep as down as we possibly can Because we don't want anything when life comes to topple it over. We're going to be like, is that all you got, enemy? Right? That's what we want to live like. And so it's this foundation that we build our life on. Our foundation that we build our life is not family, although family is a good thing. It is not church, which is a good thing. It is not money, which is a good thing. It's not any of those things. The foundation we build our life upon is faith. (laughs) It's the assurance of things hoped for. Which which hope hope is is like this. Hope is a positive expectation that something good is going to happen. That, I mean that's the this way. And so there is no such thing as a pessimistic Christian. <laughs> there is no such thing as a realist Christian. I'm just real, brother. No, you're pessimistic. Which I actually believe that's sin. And so hope is this optimism right it's like it doesn't matter what happens i'm going to be optimistic it doesn't matter what happens i'm always going to look for the best it does not matter what happens i'm going to believe that he's still good right and if i start from that position that no matter what happens it's not going to i may get shaken a little bit right But the things that can be shaken will fall away. And the things that cannot fall away will not fall away. And what will not fall away is my belief that he's good and his love endures forever. I'm going to live from that position. And and I want us to get equipped in the idea that our faith needs built up. Because it's, 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 it's building ourselves up into this foundation where I live almost like a, I live a fortified life. I have the high ground, if you will. Ephesians 2.10. Right? I'm going to be seated in the heavenly places. I, I'm in this position. And so that nothing, when something comes against us, it does not change us. <coughs> because I'm telling you, if you don't have faith when you need it, you're you're You're, you're hurting. You'd be cruising for a bruising. <laughs> it's the conviction. It, it, it means that I, I'm so convinced that this is true that you can't talk me out of it. And again, it's not something that we strive for. It's not something that we muster up when we need it, right? It's a position of the heart that we live from. It's the hopeful foundation that we build our lives on. It's the hopeful foundation. Think of that. It's it's not just a foundation. It's a hopeful foundation, which means that no matter what happens, I'm going to see the good. No matter what happens, I'm going to look for the good. No matter what happens, I believe that he's going to work it out for the good, even if it's a mess right then and there. And so the question is, how do we establish our faith? How do we build our faith? How do we establish faith? How do we build our faith? And, and that's a, uh, I, I think that's a really good question because if we need it, we need to learn how to build it. <laughs> if we need it, we need to learn how to build it. And I think a lot of people are really good being around it. We just don't know how to increase it. Because if, if let's just say it like this. If this was my faith last year, I want this to be my faith today. <laughs> right? And, and for no other reason than that, it's, it's, it's continuing to be built. Now, Romans 12.10 says that faith comes by hearing and hearing the words of Christ. So, so we could translate it like this. Faith comes by hearing or faith is built by hearing and hearing the words of Christ. And I want you to understand that the way this is, the way the word hearing is in in this verse in Romans 12, 10, it means a perpetual hearing. It's not like I come to church and I hear songs that are sang about faith and so my faith is built and I hear a message that's preached, right? And it gets built up. And then I go home and I don't hear anything all week. And then I come back and then I hear again and it gets built back up. No, this is a continual hearing of the voice of God. That's how it gets built. And when it says The words of Christ actually is the word that we get for rhema. It's the living, active, dynamic words of God. So how is faith built? By continuing to hear rhema from the Holy Spirit. By continuing to hear living, active, dynamic words of God. Which means that he likes to speak. And not only does he like to speak, he likes to speak all the time. And so how is my faith built? By hearing the words of Christ. And I quoted the wrong verse. It's Romans ten 17. I'm sorry. I said twelve ten. I bet 12, is really good too. <laughs> You're welcome. Internet, you are welcome. Someone will message me. I guarantee it. Faith comes by hearing. The word hearing, it means this. I mean, it does mean to hear, but it means faith comes, faith arrives, Faith is built from hearing, it, it means, it means to, to the, the ability to hear, it means to report, it means to listen carefully, and it means, it means to formally bring to one's ears. So, so faith is built, faith is established, faith comes by taking the words of Christ and, and intentionally listening to them. Now, so, so that's really important, and, and we'll get to this here in just a minute, but it, it's more than just being in a room and hearing something. It actually means taking it and saying, I just heard that truth, and, and, and if I can look silly from it, it's like, I heard that, right? And it's like I'm dancing, <laughs> Right? It's like I'm shopping at the grocery store, right? And, I mean, it's, it's just grabbing it and applying it. It's grabbing it and hearing it. It's grabbing it and listening to it. And as you listen to it, it begins to transform your heart. Here's how we understand. It's like, yes, uh, Logan, I was, I was thinking about this actually during worship because I started giggling because you're like, what did you think about that? And I wasn't listening to anything that was going on up on this platform before service started. And I'm like, so I could be in a room and hear something in the background, but actually not hear something. And so it comes the same thing with the words of Christ. We can be in it, we can be around it, and we can intentionally not take it and bring it to us. We establish faith. This is so good. We we establish faith by how well we hear as well. Some hear better than others. That's the way Jesus all through the New Testament, all through the Gospels, Jesus says, you know, uh, he'll, say, he'll say give an ear to hear and eyes to see, right? Now, sometimes, let's just establish this. There are some in this room, there are some in the church that don't have ears to hear yet. And there are some things that the Lord may speak to someone else that he hasn't spoke to you because you're not ready for it. And I don't mean that in arrogance. I don't mean that to me. That's just the way it is. Just sometimes we, some grow quicker than others. That's okay. But we want him to give us ears to hear. And we want him to give us eyes to see. And I want to see the things that no high has seen. And I want to hear the things that no uh, ear has heard. By the way, which, which you realize when Paul prays that, he's like, things, things that no high has seen and no ear has heard, that's like really, really weird stuff. <laughs> but it's okay because it's in the Bible. <laughs> we establish faith by how well we hear. Luke 8:18. 8, I'm going to jump around a little bit this morning. Luke 8:18. 8, Jesus says this. He says, "So take care how you listen." Or take heed. I think the King James says, "Take heed how you hear." For whoever has, to him more shall be given, and whoever does not have, even what he thinks he has shall be taken away from him. Take care be able to see, face, understand, perceive what you listen to, what you hear. This is saying the amount of faith that I walk in, the amount of anointing that you walk in, the amount of whatever it is in life is in direct proportion to how well you hear from God. This is saying that how well you hear. This is saying how much faith that you have. This is saying how much anointing if you're ministering. I actually think, well, I heard this the other day. I think the greatest anointing that any of us could ever ask the Lord for is, is it like, I don't want to ask for anointing to be able to heal the sick. I want to ask for anointing to be able to get alone and spend time in the prayer closet with him by myself. It was the greatest anointing you could ever ask for. But how well we hear directly determines what we walk in. Take heed how you hear. Hear, listen, how you receive the news. How you receive the news. It's like this when you hear something, like the word of Christ is offensive sometimes. Like sometimes I read something, I'm like, it doesn't say that, or it shouldn't say that. Like, because my life doesn't line up to that, right? Maybe maybe you all like Jesus' second cousins and everything's hunky-dory for you all, but sometimes I read in here and I'm like, no, it doesn't say that, but it actually does. (laughs) And and sometimes I'm like, that doesn't describe my life. It's offensive. Or sometimes I've been in sermons, let's be honest, I've been sitting in the pews and I hear a preacher say something and I'm like, I'm going to wring his neck because he shouldn't say that. That's stepping all over my toes, Right? We say stuff like that, we get offended. You know what happens when you get offended? You build up a wall. And when you build up a wall, it hurts your ability to hear what the Lord is saying. And so therefore, everything that's said, we cannot receive. And if we cannot receive what was said or what we what we should have heard, we won't ever walk in that. That's why honor is so important too, by the way. That's why I'll never talk bad about another church, even if they do something completely different than me. That's why I won't put up with it either with people around me. Because it automatically disqualifies you. I mean, there's some weird churches out there. I mean, we're a little weird. But there's some weird places out there. And the moment I criticize them because I do not have the eyes to see or the ears to hear why they're doing what they're doing automatically disqualifies me from ever walking in what they have. And I, I just I just think if it's in the word, I want it. So I'm not going to criticize something. Now I'm going to test the spirits. I want to examine the fruit. But if they have a lot of fruit and a lot of people are coming to Christ and there's transformation, there's probably something I can hear from them. Listen means how you receive the news, and it actually means how you conform to what you just heard. <laughs> how about that? We're actually supposed to conform to what we heard, not conform what we hear to us. Right, man. That's good. It's truth. And it actually means to listen means to believe and to respond. So it's like when you tell your kids something, you expect them to believe what you said is the truth and to respond to that truth. Right? (laughs) This is whoever has... It actually means whoever will whoever keeps having will keep having. And whoever keeps having will have in a greater measure. I mean, that's the most simplistic way. So if I can learn to hear and listen, now I'm not saying you're going to hear the audible voice of God. I believe you can. I believe he speaks. He's had it before. Sometimes how you hear will be you you. Right, it's, it's like it's in your heart or it pops in your mind, and, and I believe again, if you have the mind of Christ, I think oftentimes that's the first thought that we have, especially if it's a good thought. And so, so when He speaks, if I begin to respond to that, it qualifies me to continue to have what I have and actually qualifies me to begin to walk in more of what I have because this is what the Lord does. It says, It says it, and like this, this again, this offends people, but this is just the truth. It says, whoever has or whoever, whoever will keep on having will keep on acquiring. And, and whoever does not have or whoever does not have will stop acquiring. So what's that mean? It means, it's like, it's, oh, it's like in Ezekiel, the Lord said, I, I was looking for a man to stand in the gap, but behold, I could find none. Right, the Lord, he's looking for men and women who he can go, they're crazy enough to believe my word. They're faithful enough to just believe it is the truth. And what he does is he's like, it, it's like playing, you know, the kid kid's game where you play like duck, duck, goose, and you're like duck, 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 goose, and you take off and like you tag that person who's supposed to be next, right? It's like the Lord is looking. The Lord is looking for someone to go boop and tap them on the back of the head, and then they receive the call, the gifts, the graces from the Lord. And and, and what what happens is, is 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 that person who gets tapped in that kids game has to actually get up out of their seat and run in that thing? But what so often happens is is that person who gets tapped in real life or in the faith life says, "Well, I'm not equipped to do that, or, or I don't I don't, I don't, that's going to that cost too much. I'm going to have to sell everything I have. I'm going to have to move across the country. I'm I'm going to have to I'm going to have to do this, that, or the other. I'm going to look plum nuts, and and I can't do that. And you know what the Lord does? Okay." To someone else. <laughs> I don't want him to tap someone else. I want him to use others. But I just want him to say, I trust you with this. And because I trust you with this, I'm actually going to give you more responsibility. And so it's like this. It's like, what is the Lord, what's the Lord doing here? I, I think this. And, and I can just, it's, oh, it's online. It's all right. I think this. I think the Lord has wanted this to happen probably for a really, really long time. We just happen to say yes to it. (laughs) It's like Catherine Coleman, in my opinion, the greatest healing evangelist of the last 50, 60 years. Catherine Coleman used to say that she believed the Lord had called three other people to her call before she finally said yes to it because the price was really high. Whether it's true, to, I don't know. I think it probably is the truth because I can find it in his word that he's looking for men and women to say yes. And the problem is when we say no, he's like, fine, I'm gonna to begin to dry the resources up and I'm gonna send them somewhere else. <sighs> it's messed me up all week. It's messed me up all week. So let's get for real. So, I mean, we, we don't have a lot to offer as a church in general. I mean, I'm just being honest. We don't have a great big fancy building, although I love our building. Amen. Right? Amen. Yes. We have a bunch of fancy programs, which I personally kind of hate programs. I love the presence of the Lord. Yeah. We're working on developing some things. We've been working on developing some things. Whatever. And if I'm honest, occasionally I'll go places. And let's just say it like this. We have people that have moved in from all over the country. And I sometimes get criticized for it. You're growing your church not because you're growing your church. You're growing your church because people's moving in. Which there's some truth to that. But there are people who's coming here not because they've moved in across the country. I just think they're a little bit jealous, if I can be honest. But I also believe it's this, that because we're so convinced that the presence of the Lord is what's most important, that it's beginning to draw people. And it's not a man or a woman. It's not me. It's this. And so, so if I'm going to get criticized that you have all these elders moving in from around the country, just let it keep coming. I'm okay with that. <laughs> Because if, if, if you guys get to experience what you've experienced the last few weeks, like, oh, that's all worth it to me. Amen. It's all worth it. Because eventually you will be doing something different and then I'm not going to, like, praise the Lord, I get to reap some of that fruit that you all get to reap. I'm happy with that. So what I'm saying is this, is that it really is tangible, the Lord. Yes. Or he'll go. That's right. Like that. Whoever has, has. Whoever doesn't, it'll be taken away. You could say that with resources. You could say that with giving. It's like why some of the most generous people are the ones that always have money. And I'm not being mean. I'm just, it's, it's just biblical principle. They give and they, it's like I don't understand why they keep having more. Same principle. So, so we, we increase our faith by how well we're hearing. Okay? I don't know where that came from, but that was good. Is actually the greatest commandment too, by the way. Let me mess with you a little bit more. If I said, what's the most important, what's the greatest commandment? We would say this because we've been taught this and this is the truth. But love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind and all your strength. But right before that, this is what the word says the greatest commandment is. It's in Mark 12. They said, what's the greatest commandment or what's the foremost commandment at all? And Jesus answers, he says, the foremost commandment is... Hear, O Israel, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and all your strength. Hear, O Israel. So he's saying the most important thing is that you listen, and then listen to what I'm about to say. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and all your strength. If he said, "What's the what's the greatest commandment?" and he says, "Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, and all your soul, and all your strength." But if he didn't say hear or listen to what I'm about to say, those knuckleheads probably would not have heard what he was about to say. They'd be like, how can I make my little tassels a little bit longer, right? Or how can I squeeze a couple more scriptures on my my Jewish outfit? I mean, they've done all kinds of stuff. He says, listen to what I'm about to say. It's like when the father, he, he, Jesus was baptized, right? He, he, well, first of all, he was baptized. He came up and the father preached the sermon. He said, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased, right? Then on Matthew 17, in the Mount of Transfiguration, he comes down and he says, this is my beloved son. Listen to him. Listen to him. It's important to listen, all right? Faith is established by how well we respond to what we heard. It doesn't do a bit. It's like this. We were actually, April was telling stories last night on how, like, it was probably 12, 13 years ago. She went out of town. We, she, had, she had gotten home from work and there was a copperhead in our driveway, snake. We, we don't like snakes, right? Maybe y'all like them. We'll pray for you. Copperhead, so she's like, we need to move. <laughs> and I was like, we had a cat walk into her garage one time. I'm like, we need to move. I feel the same way. <laughs> But we had the snake, and, and so someone tells her, someone tells her this, this wife's tale, which there is some truth to it. And they're like, you need to surround your house with mothballs. Put mothballs all around the outside of your house. And so April's like, Michael, you need to put those mothballs around the house when I'm gone, right? I heard what she said, but I did not respond to what she said and got in huge trouble when she got home because I said, yeah, I did. <laughs> she gets under the cabinet, there's all the mothballs. She did not believe me when I said I went and bought extra mothballs. <laughs> What, I, what I'm saying is it, 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 it's really important on how we respond to what we hear. Yeah. <laughs> the, the passion, the passion translation of Romans ten seventeen. So the NESB says, faith comes by hearing and hearing the words of Christ. The passion says this, faith then is birthed in a heart that responds to God's anointed utterance of the anointed one. <laughs> it's birth. In a heart that responds to God's anointed utterance, which is Rama, living, active, dynamic word of the anointed one, the Christ. And so, how we respond really matters to what happens. That's why we can sit in the message, sit in the message, sit in the sermon, sit in the sermon, sit in the sermon, and we never change. But then, something, one time, it's like, that's the truth for me. I'm going to grab onto that and I'm going to believe that. I'm going to respond to that, right? That's what it is. Now, faith. It's not established by what most of us were taught that it was established on. It's not established by hereditary descent. It's not established by who your parents or grandparents are. It helps. It helps. It helps to raise your kids in a church. It helps to raise your kids in this atmosphere. But we know that eventually they'll make their own decisions, right? We, we understand that. But I want them to go to get so brainwashed by the transforming and the renewing of their mind that they'll never go crazy. That's why it's so important for us as parents, grandparents, and church members to live on fire. <laughs> they need to see parents that love and honor each other. They need to see parents that live in real koinonia with other believers. And and actually this, you know, I think one of the biggest detriments is to the church that our parents People, we complain about the church and people in the church, and our kids are like, I don't want to know that. If we're going to complain, maybe we just have to go tell Jesus. All right. We want to set them up to have their own hunger for the Lord. Okay? All right. <laughs> Faith isn't, <laughs> this is so funny. Faith is not established by the sacraments, although sacraments are wonderful things. Let me explain that. Faith cannot be sprinkled on. Faith cannot be received no matter how long you get held under the water. <laughs> I baptized some, some, some teenager before and the mom was like, just hold them under, right? <laughs> like that's a wonderful thing and those are holy things, but that does not, say, does not build the faith. And actually, we do believe in dedicating children. It's very, very important like, and, and dedication is when you stand before the church and we give your child unto the Lord. And we say, you give me this child, I'm giving this child back before you. I'm going to raise my kid in this Christian home, in this environment, and i want going to ask the whole church to help me raise this child. <laughs> we're not asking the church to make decisions, but we're saying help hold us accountable, help pray for us, honor, do all these types of things, right? So... That's why, well that's why, I, well, that's why I won't baptize an infant. Because it doesn't matter if I baptize a six-month-old baby. That baby's still got to come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ on their own. But I will dedicate it unto the Lord. All right. Faith is not established by feelings. Again, I can't establish that enough or say that enough. There's some days I don't feel good. There's some days I'm cranky. There's some days I don't want to be around people. I don't feel like being around anyone. I just want to be by myself. I don't even want to be around the dogs. I just want to be by myself. There's some days when I'm easily I feel irritated and I can't explain why I feel irritated. There are some days though that I feel really great. And there's some days where I like feel really alive being around other people but it doesn't really matter how I feel because none of those things have an influence on what I believe. We could say things, "I, I don't feel God, but the truth is He's near. I don't feel His presence. Well, okay, but He's promised never to leave or forsake you, right? I don't feel like He loves me. Well, Truth is, Jesus died on the cross for you, so I think that kind (laughs) of, case settled, right? Doesn't matter what we feel. Feelings are important, but again, it does not establish faith. It does not establish it, because those change, some of those, those change moment by moment, right? In other times, that changes week by week, but he never does. Faith literally rests in the power of God. First Corinthians 2, 4 and 5 says, and my message and my preaching were not in wise or persuasive words. But they were a demonstration of the Spirit's power so that your faith would rest on the, would not rest on the wisdom of men, but on the power of God. Here's Paul, which he he knew the word, he knew the law, and he could argue it like he was really good at arguing this stuff. And he chose to say, I'm not, I've, I've argued with you and I've argued with you. I've tried to convince you. I've tried to convince you. I'm done doing that. Watch God move. Let your faith rest on that. It's like when someone's like, uh, uh, seriously, I won't argue with people about faith. I just won't do it. And I think I, I'm, I'm not like a genius, but I think I'm smart enough to argue with most people. I'm not gonna argue with them. You know what I'm gonna do? I'm going to say, that's fine. You, I don't have to argue with you. And I'll just say, Jesus, I pray you touch them right now. <laughs> you know what happens? <laughs> Holy Spirit comes on them. Or they'll go home and I'll get a call later that night. What am I experiencing? It's the power of God, bro. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. That's like, <laughs> that's like Paul. And he's, instead of trying to preach and preach and preach and preach and preach and convince, he just starts laying hands on sick people and watching them get healed. And he's like, hey, explain that, and I'll go ahead, right? I mean, I'm just saying, we, that's what our faith rests is on the power of the Lord. All right. I love, she's made my, she's made my day today. She has. And when she was running around up front earlier, I just felt the Lord so like happy and joyful. <laughs> Last point. Hey. We need to respond by, we need to respond by believing boldly. So if faith comes by hearing and hearing the words of Christ, then when I hear it, or see it, I read it. I want to be- believe boldly. Almost militantly, like, this is what it says. Yeah, right? Not, this is what I'm experiencing. <laughs> <laughs> this is what it says. Jack Hayford, um, that's uh, several of you, I've, I've gotten several of you uh, uh, when we baptize people, uh, Jack Hayford type Bibles. Um, that's your kingdom Bible. Yeah. And, uh, just this brilliant, brilliant theologian. He says, faith is choosing to believe boldly what God has said. Believe boldly. Like, like this is so practical. And I'm just gonna, I've, I've done a lot of this here before, but, but this legitimately is what I do because this is how simply I want to believe. And it's, it's interesting to me, by the way, too. Like, the closer I grow to Jesus, the more simple my faith is becoming. Like seriously, when I first came to faith, I was like, I was reading all these really smart people books and just trying to be able to sound intelligent. And it's just really gross. But I just, I just wanted to be smarter than everyone in the room. I didn't necessarily need to know Jesus. I just wanted to know more than everyone else. And then I'd get up and I'd preach a message and try and show great big profound truths that it was really hard to connect the dots. And they were probably the truth. But it doesn't make any sense. The closer I get to Jesus, the more simple the gospel gets. (laughs) Look at this. I'm just going to read some verses. It's by choosing to believe these things boldly. I'll read stuff like this, and I'm like, whoa. I'm not sure if I really believe that. So help me to believe it, Lord. I'm going to grab onto it. 1 John 5, 5. Who is the one who overcomes the world? It's he who believes that Jesus is the son of God. So wait, so how do I overcome the world? By believing that Jesus is the son of God. Well, I have some stuff that I overcome or I need to overcome. Well, maybe I need to believe, Lord. I need you to help me believe that he really is the son of God so that I can overcome. I mean, that's just like, I'm just gonna believe this stuff, man, right? Here's one, here's one, Uh, if, if you need direction and revelation and, 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 and you need some more IQ points, if you will, right? If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all generously without reproach, which means he holds nothing back. It'll be given to him, but he must ask in faith without doubting but the one who doubts is like the surf of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. So I'm going to be like, Lord, if I have a major decision, I'm going to ask you because when I ask you, you actually tell me. Or Lord, I'm not smart enough to figure this out. So maybe you should give me a little more wisdom and it'll make me smarter. Maybe if it's just for a few minutes, right? <laughs> but you're going to make me smart enough to make this decision. It's like taking, that's what your word says. And if this is what your word says, I'm going to believe it, right? It's, it's like this. Uh, John 3, 18, I love this one. He who believes in him is not judged. <laughs> so I feel like I'm being judged today because my, and let's be really honest right here. Some of us feel really shameful and guilty for your devotional life. You're like, oh, I'm not reading my Bible enough. I'm not praying enough. What if it's not even about that? It's about that, but what if it's not about feeling judged for doing that? Because if you're in him, you're not judged. He who does not believe has been judged already because he who has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. Here's another fun one. Jesus said to him, I'm the bread of life. He who comes to me will not hunger and he who believes in me will never thirst. So this is what he says, but Lord... I find myself always wanting more. Not of you, but just more. I feel like I'm never satisfied. I'm never satisfied. So would you help me to hunger and thirst after you? Right? And I, I'm going to hunger and thirst after you, and it's going to take care of this deficiency that I feel in my spirit. Right? I mean, it's starting to believe these truths boldly. I love this one as well. Mark eleven twenty four. 24. Therefore, I say to you, all things for which you pray and ask... Believe that you've received them and they'll be granted to you. <laughs> Wait. Come on. So you're saying that if I ask you for something, it's going to happen. Well, brother, you know, that's what it says. Well, what about abuses? Well, don't abuse it. <laughs> Silverado, No. Greater hunger for you. Yes, Uh, right? I want to believe that, (laughs) right? (laughs) Or, Or I want to read stuff like this in Philippians. It says that, all of my needs, are, or Paul prays that I pray that all of your needs are met in the glorious riches in Christ Jesus. I have a need. Well, guess what? Your word says this is going to be met in the glorious riches in Christ Jesus. I actually believe that, right? Like you want to read these things and say, I read this. I'm not just going to read it and be like, oh, that's cute. Or, oh, that may be great on the t-shirt. No, this is real. And this is the reality of our life. And I'm going to take it and I'm going to believe it boldly. I'm going to take actually right because faith comes by hearing so I hear that all of my needs are met in the glorious riches in Christ Jesus I hear that promise and I grab a hold of that promise and I take it and put it up in, against my ear and I say this is now my reality that I am going to live from this is who I am right I'm not an orphan I'm not a pauper I'm actually a son and a daughter in the kingdom of God Romans chapter 8 right I am I overwhelmingly conquer because that's what you Word says. I'm actually saved now by what? By the blood of the Lamb and the word of His testimony. And I do not love my life so much that I shrink back from death. I'm going to take those things and I'm going to apply them to my life and I'm going to live this stuff out. Even when it's hard to believe, even when it's hard to think, I'm going to read stuff like that. that. Is any among you sick? I'm going to call the elders of the church together. We're going to anoint them with oil and the prayer will save them, will heal them. Does that, it, I I don't read now again. I, I went to the doctor this week. <coughs> I believe in this stuff, but I read this and I think when I lay hands on someone who's sick. <coughs> by the way, I don't worry about them getting disappointed. That's right. Because <laughs> if I'm worried about them getting disappointed. I'm probably not going to pray with faith and belief, because it's never their fault that their needs not met, by the way. It's not. I understand it, but it's not their fault. Well, they didn't believe. No, shut up. OK? We say stuff like that. It's gross. You said. So when I, and, I, and sometimes I can feel myself doing this. like sometimes, like when you walk up to someone at Walmart that's in a wheelchair. And you're like the prayer of a, of a righteous man accomplishes much, or you said that if you lay hands on the sick, they will recover. Like, like you have a moment to think, I'm an idiot, or this thing's actually going to work. And I just want to believe it's actually going to work. Yes. <laughs> it's worked a few times. That's a whole lot of fun, by the way. That's a whole lot of fun. That's like Matthew ten seven and eight says, and as you go, proclaim the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, raise the dead cleanse the lepers. I haven't raised any dead people yet. I, I think that'll be absolutely amazing one day. But <laughs> that freely you receive, not freely give. You're in all kinds of words. I'm just saying. I just want to take this word and I want to believe it. I'm going to apply it to my life. And, and and when I hear something that that offends my spirit, like whether it's a preached word or whether I've read it in the word. And I say offends my spirit. I'm not necessarily angry. Sometimes I do get angry, but I read that and I'm like, that's not the reality that I'm living in. Make this real, Jesus. Right, you guys tease me all the time for doing this. (laughs) Like now you're gonna start teasing me all the time for doing this. (laughs) Make this my reality. Let this be real. May this be said of me, Lord. It makes life a lot more fun. Right. I go on and on and on with the promises. I'm just Most of the time. Most of the time, see, we we view this. Let me let me phrase this. When you get convicted about something in your life, this is a change of perspective. Most of the time when you get convicted, it comes with offense or it's like, well, I, I don't want to do that. can't believe the Lord asked me to do that. It's not that he's mad at you. It's actually because he wants to upgrade you. Like seriously, he, it, 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 you, you become a better version of you because the version of you becomes more like him, which is exponentially better. <laughs> Amen? Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Mm-hmm. Thanks for listening to this week's message. The goal of River City Hope Church is to provide as many resources as we can for free. If you'd like to support this ministry, go to HopeForRiverCity.com. Again, that's Hope, the number four, RiverCity.com.